Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Jesus and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank for this morning. 
This is an awesome, wonderful day. We are remembering your resurrection. Lord Jesus, come and speak to us. We ask the presence of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to understand what you have done through the cross, God. We really need your presence, God. Give me the grace to communicate properly, God, and to, uh, uh, to, to, to listen. Uh, uh, Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone who is listening uh, to understand your love uh, deeply the way you want us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Nicky Gamble, he's quite famous uh, for in terms of uh, uh, like a, um, deriving or just like a composing uh, alpha course. He put uh, in this way, the resurrection of Jesus is rooted in history, grounded in, his, in scripture, and confirmed in experience. So that, that means it's not just a focal story derived and composed by 12 disciples in Jerusalem. For their survival, they came up with a story. He's gone. You know, so it's not like that. The resurrection of Jesus is based on the scripture. It's rooted uh, in, 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 in history. It is a historical event. It's grounded in the scripture. And it's confirmed in experience. That's the beauty of the resurrection of Jesus. If you go to India, if you ask to Hindus, I'm from India, if you ask, did Lord Krishna ever lived? They will say, yes. Can you bring some historical evidences? No. So how do you believe that? That's what the book says. Have you ever seen that one? No. So in Jesus' case, it's different. It is historical. That means Jewish historians written it down, you know, so it was written, Josephus, there are Jewish historians written down. Romans were, they were not believers, they were kind of atheist or kind of uh, postmodern style people in that time, but Roman historians recorded the resurrection or the life of Jesus, all these things been recorded. Someone, I recently read one thing, if you go back to Shakespeare's writing, you don't get the backup of the historical evidence for his writings. It's less comparing to the historical, you know, the backup you do get for the resurrection of Jesus, the life of Jesus. You, go, you have more historical evidence for Jesus' death, resurrection, and his life comparing to Shakespeare's life and his writing. You are from the Europe. You, I will give you the privilege of doing that research. I do believe that research. Okay. So, uh, uh, scripture, history, experience. What is actually scripture says? What does it mean by scripture? It's actually talking about the Old Testament, like uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, uh, these uh, scriptures were written by God, gave the inspiration to Moses to write, and, the, and the, there are lots of uh, uh, prophets in the Old Testament. Years after years, Different people from different backgrounds, first century, like uh, uh, people uh, uh, from uh, from different age group, people from different uh, education background, lived in different centuries. They talk about Jesus. For example, David Cameron or Barack Obama saying from, from this platform, in 2080, in America, Chicago, in this village, there is a baby is going to be born, and this is going to be this way, and this is going to be this way, and uh, maybe if it's within eight years or eight years, it's, it's maybe able to make it possible exactly. But in Jesus' case, was hundreds and thousands of years ago, it's been prophesied, and nobody there to implement exactly 
according to the scripture to gather. Okay, Herod, you sit there. Oh, the star, you go there. Hey, shepherds, you go to the mountain. Okay, we will do that one. Okay, what is what's next? You know, guys, everyone ready? Walkie-talkie is ready? Action! No, it's not the way it happened. In the history, it's, it's drawn together. You can see the beauty, the way Jesus came to this year, the way Jesus lived in this, all this year and he died. It's everything happened according to the scripture. Then you will stand back and see, wow, this is impossible for a man to compose this historical event. It should be God behind this one. That's the answer. So historically, uh, scripturally, and uh, experientially, it's been proven. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 15. This is written by Paul, and he's writing uh, in, in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, For I delivered to you as of, this, uh, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. This is not a random event. It happened according to the scripture. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. So his birth, his life, his death. And that he appeared to Kephas. That's talking about Peter. Then to the twelve. They, these are experiences, you know, people witness, not just the history, history and experience. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. It's not a hallucination. You cannot hallucinate. Or you, you may be able to hallucination might happen to one person. This is not one, per, one person, not two persons. Have 500, thousands of people experience the resurrection or they saw the risen Christ. It's been written. It's been witnessed. So it's scriptural. Is experiential and is historical. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of who are still alive, those, though some have fallen asleep. They, Paul is asking, I know this guy. Go and ask you, ask to them. I know this guy called John. I know this guy called Peter. I know this called, uh, guy called James, Jesus' brother, you know. Just go and ask them. Do you know that guy? He is witness. Okay, can you believe the witness? You might think in 2016, how can I believe that one? I didn't see that one. My question is, how do you believe uh, 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 like someone lived 500 years ago? For example, Shakespeare. Do you believe that? Do you believe Shakespeare lived uh, 500, or oh, not 500 years, some years ago he lived? You believe. Have you seen him? No. Have you witnessed him? No. Have you heard the first hand account? No. But you still believe. How many of you seen Barack Obama? No one. Oh, shame on you, British. No, sorry. We, we didn't see him. But do you believe him? Yes. Because of media? No, no. There is someone. He's putting a, you know, just something behind. He's like a Barack Obama. He's not a real figure. No, we say, that's mad. I never seen him. But... That point out to a person lives there because of that witness, account, report, all these things together. You believe something. So in the same way, you do believe. For example, if I say there are elephants in Kerala, South India. Oh, bless and don't make it up. No. 
Even if you never seen an elephant, you do believe that one because you do trust in me. I think so. Okay, uh, uh, you, you do believe that one. So the same way, Peter, Paul is asking, go and ask them. You go and ask them. You, you, can, you know, they witness. That's the way we do believe the witness account. People can still lie, but how long they can create a craft uh, a story together? These are hundreds and thousands of people have witnessed. Then he appeared to James. A man never followed Jesus before his uh, death and resurrection. After that, Jesus' brother, James, was transformed. He started following Jesus because he has seen the risen, risen, uh, risen Christ. I know my brother. I know my brother. I know he was died on the cross. I do remember. I know he was buried and he was behind the tomb. I know that story. But one day... Jesus, it's you, my brother. I can't believe that. You are risen. So James saw the risen Christ. Go and ask to James. He's not trying to, to, to make a story. He witnessed Jesus uh, was raised. Last of all, to the one untimely born, he appeared to he appeared also to me. He was, he's talking about Paul himself. He was not a disciple at the time. The toll were there. He was actually against Christianity. He was killing thousands of thousands of Christians, putting people behind the bar. But now, he, he on the way to Damascus, you know, he had an encounter with Jesus and he was transformed. Jesus, it's you. You are alive. It's true then. It's not a focal story. How can you deny that? Paul is saying, um, I witness his resurrection. So historically and experientially and scripturally, you know, so we, you can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 15, he packed all these things together so that we can follow him. We can believe, you know, even if you have in the age of skepticism, uh, it's not the skepticism for, for the Western people. It was all over the world, you know, so, so we will come to that point later. In, in the Old Testament, that, that's uh, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, one of the word keep on coming back was Passover lamp. We'll go to the next slide. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. It was written hundreds of years ago, you know, before the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It was written by talking about Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgression. He didn't do anything. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, he was, uh, uh, upon was the punishment that was brought us peace with his stripes. We are healed. You might be thinking, why he missed that word, you know. So I changed the punishment because I tried my best to read that word and practice. I forgot. Then I put a, an extra word there, punishment. Blessing, if you, if you can't remember that word, go for punishment. They will forgive you because you are from India. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, I spent five minutes to practice that word. I don't know how to pronounce that now, you know. So God forgive me, you know, okay. So now your chance. Will you forgive me? Okay. Okay, now I move on, you know. <laughs> so, it's for our sin, for our messiness, for our bad things doing, for things 
everything, small or big, Jesus died for us. It, it was written before Jesus was died on the cross. He was talking about uh, the historical thing. He, uh, he died for our sins. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 9, verse 12 and 14. So that will give you a bit more uh, 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 evidence in terms of actually what actually saying there. Hebrew chapter 9, verse uh, 12 and uh, 14. Let me find it. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most place for one for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The God, the blood of goats and the bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkle on that who was ceremonially unclean, sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanses our conscience from the acts that leads to death so that we may serve the living God. It's a long scripture. It's talking about uh, in the Old Testament there was a sacrifice being established actually God was trying to communicate, this is pointing towards Jesus. Passover lamp, um, there's not much time to explain that one. When Jesus, when God decided to s- deliver the people from uh, Egypt to Israel or to, to their promised land, one of the ways he, he did, sacrifice a lamp and put some blood on your, on your doorstop uh, or, or at, the, at the door, at the entrance of your door. And the last plague, you know the story. Uh, 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 so uh, the last plague, so there are nine gone. The last, last one is coming. The last one is going to kill the firstborn. The only one way you can be protected from the, the, the death, the death of the angel of death, if you put the blood outside your house, if you sprinkle outside, if there's a sign of the blood, that means this, this angel will move from that house to the other house. It's nothing to do with who lives inside that house. It's nothing to do with the, how much they prayed that morning to God. It's nothing to do with how much they are devoted to God. It's nothing to do with how much charities they are signed in. It's nothing to do with whether they eat organic cucumber or fair bananas. It's nothing to do with how they live. The only thing protected them, the blood of the Lamb. The morning, whether you have a PhD, the morning, whether you have a, a very nothing D after you, but when you come out, you say, I'm alive because of my PhD. No, it is the blood of the lamb. That's the only thing protected you. So what is that pointing? Ultimately pointing to the Passover lamb. He's talking to, talking about Jesus. That's why John the Baptist shouted, look at that. This is the Passover lamb. He is carrying the soul, the sins of all humanity. He was pointing Jesus, John the Baptist, one of the prophets from the Old Testament. He also appeared in the New Testament also. He was kind of in the middle. He was pointing towards Jesus saying, this is the Passover lamb. This is the person in the history, never ever, historically, no one pointed out to a person saying, this is the Passover lamb. There's only one time in the history that John the Baptist pointing to a person saying, this is the lamb of God. He's going to die for our sins. 
So we already mentioned about the historical and experiences. So some of the logical things we like to think because you like to you like reasoning. I'll go some eight points. Hopefully you can read that one. And, uh, otherwise you can listen. The eye, the disciples' eyewitness experience where they saw and touched. We already mentioned about that one. The early proclamation of the resurrection. We just mentioned that one. The transformation from fear to martyrdom. That means uh, the people, the disciples were scared after seeing the risen Christ. They are ready to die for Jesus. How, how can it be possible? Because they experience the resurrection power in their life. Not only that, go to the tomb. Even now, it's empty. Historically, it's preserved, the empty tomb, showing that Jesus was risen from the dead. No one was able to produce the body. Some people, some, there are lots of theories there. Some people think it was stolen. Some people think it was hidden. Some people think even it was eaten by dogs. I don't know. So, uh, so there are lots of theories are there. But this happened in the middle of the most powerful, amazing FBI-led government. That was Romans at that time. The super investigation, super intelligence, CIA everywhere, FBI everywhere, MI16 is everywhere. If you scratch your nose, they will ask, why did you scratch your nose? That much, because Rome was the most powerful empire, you know, it's an empire ever existed in the history of mankind. This happened under their nose. If you stole the body, it was protected by Roman soldiers. They will produce it. But even now, no one was able to produce. Here we go, the dead body. Sorted. No. No one was able to produce the body. Listen, that's not enough. Can you give a bit more? You know, so I'm still pondering. Okay, let's go to the next one. The existence of the church founded by law-abiding Jews, you know, Jewish, Jewish Christians, you know, Jewish people decided to follow uh, Jesus, you know. So they started to plant a church. The growth of the church was one of the evidence. The conversion of Saul, the Saul of Tarsus. We just mentioned that Paul was Saul. He was persecuting church. Now, after meeting Jesus, he started following Jesus. So that's a transformation, historically written, we know that one. Eight one is the best one, uh, that's more than enough for me. You know, I don't need any other evidence, that is the best one for me. Why on earth would they have to put the evidence in the mouth of women? Sorry, no offense, you know, I'm just kidding, you know. For us, testimony from women, from women yes, it's relevant. We are living in 2016. We don't, we can't understand that one. But for them, it's a big deal. Even in a court, if a lady come forward and say, this person attacked me, sorry, it's not valid. Can you bring a man? No, sorry. If a man talking against that woman, that's it. But Jesus didn't think, oopsie daisy. I don't want to go before this women, they're already here. My goodness, what on earth they are in this morning. I will hide. When Peter and John comes, ding dong. <laughs> Jesus didn't that one. Because 
If they, this women going and telling the proclamation of the good news, the greatest, highest, amazing news ever heard by the history, if, by the human being, you know. I don't want to do that to this woman. But the first time the, the opportunity was given to men, women, you know, they were there. Jesus didn't hide. God didn't plan a new plan because Jewish people, they are not going to believe the witness or the, the confession by this woman, you know. I'm going to hide. No, the first Appearance was to women. Because Jesus knows that one. If I'm alive, I'm alive. That is the truth. Whether it's testimony, you know, you know, confessed and uh, witnessed by women or not. Historically, at the first century, you may not understand, but that is a big deal. Even now, in Middle East, still the case. Why should Jesus claim he was going to raise boldly when he could, not, he could have claimed he was going to raise spiritually? Jesus could have said, I will raise spiritually. My body is there, but you know, you can't see. I'll be like a, like a smoke, like an air. You can't see. I'll be there. You know, that was the best option. But he didn't say that one. I will rise boldly. Destroy this temple. He was not talking about the Jewish temple. Destroy this temple. I will come out. I'll be risen. I'll be alive. I will eat barbecue fish. Sorry if you don't like fish. I love it. That's one of the reasons I decided to follow Jesus. He loved fish. (laughs) No, he forgave my sin. That's the reason. He came out. He was risen. If you want more, come to Alpha Course. We will have a fantastic time to discuss. You can ask any question. Any difficult question. I'm not going to be there. That's why I'm saying they will answer you. (laughs) No, I'm saying, honestly, a great place you can ask. And come to Jesus. Why it's a big deal. Listen, this happened. Okay, this is why it's a big deal, you know. Why, why it's a big deal? The, the reason it's a big deal, we are created by God. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you have reasoning to understand it or not, we are created by God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, He created us in His image and His in likeness. Why bother then? So, we are different from animals. We don't give, we don't, animals won't forgive. Animals won't celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day or Valentine's Day. They don't date, but they do mate. Because they are animals. But sometimes, have you ever heard a cat coming to you and asking, what is the meaning of life? Have you heard about a dog asking to you, isn't it destiny for me? Maybe in a cartoon, they may ask these kind of questions. But we do think, what am I doing on earth? Is there any purpose of life? And we are always longing for something. We are not satisfied by 
many things, most of the things. Because there is a big hole in us. We are trying to fill that with different things. Could be money, education. Uh, you know, just like we have more universities, but we have less wisdom now. We have more houses, but we have less homes now. We have more relationships now, but we have less marriages now. What is happening? Because we are missing something. That's the core. That is the creator. That's the love of God. That's the restoring, redeeming power of Jesus. That's the biggest hole. Even if you put everything in this earth, it's not going to be filled or the only place that can fill that big hole in your heart, that's the love of God. I don't need to prove it. You can totally understand that one. A life is crippled by... Can we go to the next couple of uh, uh, slides, please? Not the next one, the next one, please. A life crippled by fears. Filled with the skepticism. Not just skepticism is, skepticism is not just a uh, modern thing, you know. Even the disciples were scared. They saw miracles. They saw wonders. They saw even Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But still, they're scared. They were hiding. They were, they were, they were, they locked the door. And if someone knocked the door and uh, they don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, just like they were scared. They were skeptic. Even the women came and said, He's alive! He is alive. Peter is alive. Because they were scared and skeptic. Even Peter, John, all the disciples told Thomas, he came here. So what? We saw it. So what? I want to experience it. Jesus said, okay, here we go. Believe in me. I'm alive. You might be struggling with many unanswered questions in your life. Even if the door is locked, God can come and meet with you. You might be baffling with the many, you know, just like logical questions. God can open your heart and he can reveal his love for you. You might be crippled by fears and anxiety. Even if the door is locked, God can come inside because He is risen. He is alive. If you go to the Middle Eastern, if you go to, to the people from Muslim background, believe it, they will tell you hundreds of stories Jesus appeared to them. Even Ali is here. So he's, he's actually from Iran, you know. He, he has seen, uh, I don't know, many times seen Jesus. I don't know, he's still following Jesus. Ali, it might be the day you can make a decision. You experience that. He has seen Jesus. He's back again because last dream, he saw me in Iran and asking, Ali, what are you doing? That's the reason he's coming back again. I don't know how did that happen. Even people in this church witness. But we are not waiting for that physical appearance or the appearance of Jesus. But this is the truth. Jesus is alive. Are you feeling completely lost? Are you trying to find the self-esteem? Nothing called self-esteem, by the way. Are you trying to find the meaning within you? 
is already absolutely broken, rejected. What are you going to derive from this rubbish? Only Jesus can restore you. Someone from out. That is Jesus. Life isn't about finding yourself. It is about discovering who God, uh, you know, uh, discovering who God created you to be. That's the meaning of life. So, one side I'm scared, I'm locked, crippled by fears. At the same time, the other end, the good news. By the way, I'm following that clock. I will finish till 12 o'clock or 12.30. Okay? Because I'm trusting that clock. When I'm scared and completely lost, the other side, Jesus proclaiming a good news, you are forgiven, next clip, you are freed, and you are welcome back. I'm not understanding. No. Here, I'm alive. Your sins are forgiven. Not only that, you are welcome back to God's family. No, I'm struggling with reasoning. God, I'm scared. But even the same Jesus is happy to come and open his heart to you so that you can follow him. The miracle of redemption is the second thing. First, we saw the miracle of, uh, 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 for creation. Second one is the miracle of res- uh, redemption. That is happening at the cross. By his death on the cross, Jesus made it possible for us to be forgiven and brought back to a relationship with God. In this way, we supplied. He supplied the answer to our deepest need. What is that? Forgiveness. He forgave our sins. And Jesus did that at the cross. Death is a re- reality. But how do people deal with the death in this century? Some people go for shopping. Then they figure out, oh, this is not something, not nice. They will put a fair trade sticker on their shopping. So from a crazy shopper to a noble world saving shopper, you know, transformed. Carrying the same thing. Some people tend to organic cucumber because, you know, so if I did eat that one, I will die quickly so I can live a bit more. So, so they do tend to deal with the death. So what they eat through food. Some people say, keep calm and trust yourself. Okay. And some people say, go to Tom Lee. Have some gym. Do some exercise, you know. That way you can deal with the death. But while they're doing all the exercise, the relationship is broken. Heart is crippling with fear. Even while they are going to, to eat organic bananas, you know, fear is crippling them. They know that today or tomorrow they will die. Not only that, the death is crippling in their heart, in their mind, in their relationship, in their kids, in their finance. I have lots of money, but I don't know how to use money. I don't have any money, but I'm always spending money, you know. So in different areas, this death is ruling. The redemption, the power of resurrection, not only for your soul, it will transform you inside out, backside up, upside down, so that you can follow Jesus. To make you right side up. That's the power of 
resurrection. He's capable of doing things you can't. Freedom and victory over death. You can't do that. Jesus can do that. Peace and security. That's why peace to you. He can do that. Purpose and meaning. You can't derive it within you. Because you're completely lost. But God can bring to you. An amazing destiny. People are asking meaning. Origin, meaning, morality, destiny. These are the four questions people ask. Jesus gave the answer. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Only Jesus gave this answer. Jesus said, even if you die, you will live. I will give you eternal life. I'm the living bird. Follow me. I will give you peace. I will be with you. I will give you guidance. I will send you my spirit. I will protect you. I will walk with you. I won't treat you like a teddy. I will be with you. When Jesus set us free from the fear of death, he also set us free from all other fears. He has delivered over to death for our sins. That's in Romans chapter 4, verse 25 to uh, uh, 25, uh, and uh, chapter 5, verse 2 also. Then was raised to life to put us right with God. By faith in this, then we have peace with God. I have peace with God. We saw the drama. Separated from God. Now I can go back to God. It's not like a judge releasing you out of your, uh, uh, you know, so the things, bad things you've done. He's did a, he made a verdict. You are free to go. The judge won't welcome you back to his home and have a cup of tea. He might do. But normally he did the verdict. You go live. We don't care you. But Jesus is different. The king of kings is different. The, ki- the author of the universe is different. He is a heavenly father. He's not just a setting you free. He is welcoming you back to the amazing, glorious, wonderful, secure relationship. And say, welcome back. You can still work. You can still do go to, to, to jogging or, or boxing. But your ultimate security is Jesus. Every religion is trying to do things to attain the peace. But once you are in Christ, everything is you are doing because you are forgiven. That's the reason why you are doing some charity works. Or marathon run. Not to do the feel good factor. When people hear, I do work with the people with the learning disability, they will say, oh, that's so rewarding. Have you heard that word? How many of you heard that word? That's so rewarding. That make you feel good. That make you feel nice. Ooh, the bubble, you know. That's actually saying you feel you are worth, you are something. Again, you need to do something to get it. But Jesus is offering something. You don't need to do anything. Only thing you need to believe. Because He paid the price. You cannot do it. He made it the way. Only thing through His resurrection, through His righteousness, we are able to walk in the freedom. Hallelujah. That's the amazing message Jesus is offering you. He's he has delivered us and we have the peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith. That's the word, by faith. You know, by believing, just 
believing, just believing. God, I can't understand all the logic. I'm skeptic, but still I can understand. I'm trying to fill this gap with the lots of things. Marriage, kids, books, all the Jesus, all these kind of things. I'm still feeling empty. Now I can totally understand. You can fill my emptiness. How do, how did you do that? I know that through dying on the cross because of my sin. Thank you for that. I want to come back to your family. That is enough. You don't need to go to Mount Everest and jump from the, on the top of that and then land you safely, you will be saved. Jesus didn't say that one. In India, people are willing to do that one, if you, if you say that one, for salvation. That's why ISIS blowing up. You can straight to paradise. They're thinking, if I do that one, I will go to paradise. I wish my Muslim brothers heard this message today. You don't need to do anything to get salvation. You cannot achieve that one. We are laying our life for Jesus not to get saved because we already saved. That's why we are following Jesus. He did everything. He gave me the freedom. Peace between us and God. Peace between us and others. There's neither Jew, nor Greek. There's neither slave, no, uh, no one, no male or female. Everyone, all in one in Christ. I don't remember the worship in Turkey last November. Turkish, Iran, Iraqi, Australian, African, together on a stage, worshipping Jesus. It's only in the gospel. If Middle East heard this message, that fixed the whole problem. That's our prayer today. Peace between us and our own souls. You know, that's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. The blood of Christ will purify our conscience from dead work to serve the living God. There's no condemnation. So my prayer today, through this message today, let Jesus be your peace, power, and the purpose. Not just forgiven. To all who receive him, who believed in his name, gave him the right to become the child of God. His righteousness made the way. Nothing to do with me. Salvation is absolutely free. Can you say that word? Salvation is absolutely free because Jesus paid the price. His spirit is available for you today. His presence and power through the Holy Spirit is available for you today. Let Jesus be the purpose of your life and living for, your, for his glory. That's why I said Easter changes everything. Easter changes everything. Any fear, God can set you free today. Sickness, God can set you free. Because he is risen. He is the Lord over everything. Easter, he, he put everything under his feet. That's why, even if I die today, death is just an entrance for me to be with God. If I'm not dying, I'm walking with God. Both are exciting for me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious God. The more I think and read about resurrection, it's overwhelming me, God. You did it for me. You made the way for me, God. So that, like we saw in the drama, 
I can be back with God. Every day in my marriage, I welcome you the power of your resurrection. My children, my relationship, my single life, my business, my study, every year you go, let the power of your resurrection come and reign. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand and worship.